It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie's. Podcast Network. Thank you for making this part of your daily routine. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, thank you for taking us along with you on this wild ride. And it's a wild one tonight with me, John Corrales, and Jay King. We're the Rain and Jays. Uh, you can find us everywhere you find your podcast. If this is your first exposure to the Rain and Jays, welcome. Thank you for finally hopping on board. So go ahead, subscribe, go ahead, listen, rate us five stars, give us a good review, all of that stuff. Search for Lockdown Celtics wherever you get your podcasts. So tonight, today on the show, Kyrie nursing a, sh- a sore shoulder and a bunch of guys are sick. So who knows who's going to play against the Sixers. Al Horford being a cranky old man and me also being a cranky old man agreeing with him. And later, that hot Paul Pierce take on his goddamn jersey retirement night that's becoming such a pain in the ass we'll talk about that too later see you can even tell by my intro jay i'm cranky old yeah you're you're cranky you might be on one tonight man i am salty i've been i woke up this way and i am i just have not been able to shake it so let's let's ease our way into it because start slow finish big i should be the one cranky man i just blew a men's league game just yeah well, you know why? Because you didn't run the goddamn play that you were sent. That's why. I ran the right play. It was. It was. I kind of got screwed. So we were up one. Ten seconds left. I hit an and one with a lefty layup. It was beautiful. It was sexy as hell. And then, <laughs> and then they wa- they waved off the bucket, gave me a one on one instead, and my free throw just hit the front rim, hung there for like fifteen fucking seconds, and then ha- fell off. And then the other team came back and got a bucket. But the the reason I'm not mad is because I got buckets. It was the first time in a, a while I got buckets. So I'm cool with it. So you're cool with losing as long as you do all right. And I even blew the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you know, if you hit your free throws, you wouldn't have gotten screwed. You would have gotten buckets, and you would have won. Yeah, it was it was a. I mean, I shouldn't have blown the damn game. It, it's it was devastating to blow the game. I customized <laughs> I cussed myself out for a while. But in retrospect, I got buckets. <laughs> if, if there's a silver, silver lining here, it's that you got buckets. Yes. Jay King still has some buckets in those shoes. Uh, all right. Practice today where other basketball players, almost as good as Jay King, got on the floor. Uh, but not 
Kyrie Irving and who else missed the game? Uh, missed practice. Smart uh, and Yabu Smart. And then so, Nader Larkin. and Larkin have both been sick recently too. A lot of sick people out there. A lot of so, sick people. I did notice during the game, and it was brought up a couple of times, that uh, Kyrie was kind of working that left shoulder a little bit. Everyone says nothing crazy, but he did seem to kind of like shake it a little bit. So I don't know what was going on. There was something in that game that I don't know if he hit it or what, but did, did they say anything? Or what do they expect here? Uh, it didn't. We didn't get many details. So Brad revealed that Kyrie had the sore left shoulder. And normally we would talk to Kyrie after that uh, and get more details. But Kyrie was gone, I guess, from practice by the time the PR staff went to get him. So we did not talk to Kyrie. I don't really know too much about what's going on. He just complained about it after last night's game against the Pelicans. And he's questionable for the game against the 76ers. So we'll see. It doesn't seem too serious. Uh, if he's questionable, obviously, it's a day-to-day type thing. So I, I don't think anyone's too concerned about it. Uh, let's let's go back to that, that game because, you know, obviously Sam and I wrapped it up. But, you know, you have thoughts. You were there. Did you, you have anything that you wanted to add from last night's game? <laughs> it was just a weird game. Like, if it, it felt like both teams were just kind of scrambling. It was like a helter-skelter, like almost like an AAU game some of the time. Just it was just an up and down game. Davis was a monster, and both teams screwed up a lot in transition. The Celtics didn't always find people in transition. It was it was a strange game, and then Tice God was a monster, and then there was Celtics there was some criticism at the end. There was some criticism at the end that there was some hero ball. Was there was there a feeling on your part that there was hero ball down the stretch that kind of cost the Celtics? I thought there was. Um, I thought Kyrie, smart a little bit even, um, probably took some shots, some isolation shots that aren't ideal or weren't ideal. It hasn't been a huge problem. The Celtics, like their offense is average, yes, this season, but late games in crunch time situations, they're scoring like 117.7 points per 100 possessions. That's sixth in the NBA. So I think they're 20 and eight in games with with clutch minutes so it's not an issue that has kind of hurt them at all this season it just hurt them in a bad way against pelicans i i think we were talking about this among some of the reporters and it's kind of like they were due for a game like that right like where they're in a close game and they just kind of don't execute right because throughout the whole season they've they've made huge comebacks, and they've generally won the games when they come back. It's like they come back and they never stop. And against Pelicans, it was it was different. It felt felt like they were kind of due for a game like that, where, like where you you fight to come all the way back and then you just don't have it at in key moments. And I don't think it's anything concerning. Like, whatever, cool. Kyrie, who can hit tough shots, took a few tougher shots than he probably would have liked to than the Celtics probably would have liked him to but it hasn't hasn't been something that's affected them a lot this season so I I don't think it's too big a deal no I don't think it's a big deal either I think I agree with that whole thing that they were sort of due like one of the points I was making last night's show was 
you know, I'm sure Brad Stevens was a little, you know, obviously he's upset, but he, he now has a little bit of ammunition to use against the guys because some of the things that they were doing to put themselves in that position that, that you know, having to come back and have to do all this, this craziness that and they in the past have been able to say, well, we're winning. And if there was any sort of, you know, whatever pushback against some of the bad habits they were getting in, involved in that in either inwardly or outwardly, they could be like, Hey, you know, well, we're winning. We're okay. We're fine. Uh, and now they're, they weren't fine. They, they did some of the things that got them behind the eight ball. And now they, they couldn't push that button and come all the way back. And it just, it didn't work out. So at least Brad's got that one thing that he can hold over these guys and be like, you know, you can't always come back. You know, if you, if you get back too, too far, then you're going to end up screwing yourselves. And if you're not careful, you'll do it too many games in a row. And you're, you're going to lose a lead that should be comfortable. I do think that ball movement is kind of the last piece this team needs to really find. And it's not always the case. Like, they, they can make great passes. They can run great offense. But I feel like they waste enough possessions by settling too often. And sometimes it's Marcus Morris in the mid-range. Sometimes it's Kyrie, like, just reverting back to bad habits. Sometimes it's Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart taking early shot clock, tough tough jumpers. I do think that's kind of the, 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 not the last step, but the next most important step this team has to make. Right now, they're 14th in offense. And, like, that's, that's fine. It's average, but... Really, their defense has carried them. And even during the seven-game winning streak, they had the 25th-ranked offense. So they, they need to be more committed to getting better shots. And they have enough talent with Horford and Kyrie and Tatum, who's obviously shot the crap out of it, and Jalen Brown, who's shot the crap out of it, and Terry Rozier, who's come on strong lately, and Marcus Morris, who can get you buckets. They have an, enough pieces to... I think have at least a top 10 offense and probably a little better than that. So the next step I think is always, always staying committed to the offense and, and getting good shots. And that, that was, so I, I did say it hasn't really been an issue with the hero ball. Uh, and I meant that down the stretch, but that's kind of the next step in the evolution of this team, I think. Yeah, I can see that there, there's definitely elements of that and they, one of the downfalls of having really good ISO guys think against the Pelicans, Kyrie for the first time in a long time, we've seen some of those dribble moves not work and he actually lost the ball a few times, which we're not used to seeing, but that's, that's his bread and butter. He's really good at it. Marcus Morris is just, that's his game. He's there are a couple of uh, points in that game where it didn't seem like he knew where to be on the floor. And I just don't know if he cares to know what the Celtics offense really is. Oh, he knows he, know- he knows where to be with the ball in his hands, <laughs> going exactly. between his legs. He knows where to be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That It's exactly my point. I see him in January with people pointing at him to go to the other part of the floor, and he's shrugging. That's like, whatever, just get me the ball, and I'll do my thing. So, which – fine that's fine you know off the bench an iso score you kind of need some of that off the bench but i i do see some people you know just anecdotal just say on twitter there are people who are like all right this is wearing thin a little bit like can't he run a little bit of the offense can't he be somewhere on the floor like 
can he at least know by now that, oh, when you call this out, I got to be at least at this part of the floor? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I didn't, I didn't see that yes. that play you mentioned where he was in the right spot and just shrugged. But, but if that, the first half, if that's going on, that that's no bueno. That, that that's not good. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think like this team needs to just just cut out the stupid shots, cut out the early shot clock, Marcus Smart, tough ones, cut out the like ISO, ISO, ISO. Dribble between your legs, take a tough fadeaway. Cut out that crap. And some of it's some of it's gonna happen. Some of it's gonna be late in the shot clock. Some of it's gonna be advantageous matchups. That's whatever. That's that's fine to have it a little bit. Just just not as much, I think, as the Celtics have done sometimes. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. I agree. Cut out the stupid shit. Yeah, which, that's, that's always good. Cut out the stupid shit. It. Let's cut out the stupid shit. Uh, Al Horford wants the NBA to cut out the stupid shit. Before we get to that, <laughs> I want to point people out to the rest of the Locked On NBA Network and the Locked On Podcast Network. Look, it's, uh, it's NFL playoff time. And if your team is still in the playoffs, whether it's the Patriots, which we're Patriots fans, so there's a Locked On Patriots podcast. But, you know, Vikings, uh, you can they had that big miracle comeback win. Uh, there's uh, who else is there? We're playing the Jaguars is locked on Jaguars uh, and uh, and the Eagles. I almost forgot who the hell was in still in the playoffs. There's a lockdown for all those teams. And if your team is out and you're trying to figure out how to rebuild and, and whatever they're doing, if you're like a locked on Lions, if you want to figure out their coaching search or locked on Giants or Colts. There's a lockdown for all the NFL and, of course, lockdown NBA. If you want to kind of figure out what's been going on with the Rockets and, you know, the Clippers and that stupidity, uh, you can go find them. And even if you're not a fan of those teams or whatever, you just something interesting happens in the NBA. Go check them out. There's a lockdown for every team. So go search for them wherever you found us here, wherever you get your podcasts. 
okay, a lot of dumb things are happening, and and you can. This is where my angry old man thing is coming in today. So let me get to what Al Horford said in uh, in practice today. Again, I'm reading this off of fine website masslive.com, for which one Jay King is the beat writer. I heard that so, guy is terribly stupid. It's it's. I encourage people to go and there's a, <laughs> a link to email uh, mjking at masslive.com. Any diatribes or manifestos that explain to him how stupid he is and how bad his writing is, just let loose. The more, the better. 5,000 words. He reads it all, takes it to heart, really hurts. So really hurts. Let him have it. Uh, so mixed in amongst this horrible writing was a good quote. <laughs> from Al Horford, uh, where he was talking about all of this, all of this edginess, this violence. He said, it's very bizarre. I don't think I can remember a period of time with all this chippiness going on. I think that you want to compete. You want to play hard. That's fine. But all, extra, all that extra stuff, you know, it needs to stop. At the end of the day, you need to focus on basketball. We're here to play. And I'm sure the NBA will address those things and fix them. We're professionals. We can't get caught up in that stuff. That's what I'm talking about, Al Horford. Let's all get out in the lawn and chase kids off with our walking sticks and yell at clouds. Cut that stuff out. I think it's stupid. Like the, I, I get the, you know, I know you like beef, Jay. I know you're a big proponent of beef. Yes. And some of the stuff, some of the stuff is fun, but there, there comes a time where like the Clippers and the Rockets back tunnels between <laughs> locker rooms see you, you, go, you like it too though you're laughing about it you like it's it too dumb it's so dumb it's so dumb it's ridiculous i get it i think it deserves to be roundly mocked i think the the stupidity of it just everybody who's involved in that sending a decoy clint capella to knock on the front door is so ridiculous it's funny but it's dumb it's stupid funny and it, like you guys gotta be like, really? You wake up in the morning, feel good about what you did. You feel good about that? Like, come on. <laughs> See, I, I think this was the perfect Al Horford take. Like everybody else around the NBA is losing their minds lately. You got half the Rockets roster sneaking into the Clippers locker room, trying <laughs> try, try, try to trying to start a fight or an altercation or whatever. You got Ben Simmons telling. Kyle Lowry to meet him in the near the locker room. Lowry like sprinting out to get there. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Lowry's got, like, okay. You've got Aaron Aflalo throwing hands with with a really poorly executed punch. You've got Man. James James Johnson going at Serge Ibaka. Like a lot of people love to go at Serge Ibaka. Tonight, I guess Michael Carter Williams got into something. Yep. Although I I didn't see yep. that. I saw that. I saw that. There was just more pushing and. Whatever it was, it wasn't like it wasn't like the punch, but it was still another thing. Yeah, and and it's classic Al Horford that he's he doesn't really state a strong opinion a lot of the time, and for him to take a stance on the violence around the NBA was just perfect because he is very much a guy who stays away from all of that crap. He does not concern himself with with a lot of that stuff. So <laughs> I, I kind of figured he, he wouldn't be on 
I'm team beef, but I also <laughs> I also didn't expect him to have such a strong take. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think to an extent it's funny. Like when you when you hear about the the rockets sneaking in through a back door and using diversion tactics, <laughs> it's it's really funny. But there's also like uh, an edge to it, and there is a violence. Like that that situation could have gotten out of hand. You never know what could have happened when four guys or however many guys were sneaking into the opposing locker room. Obviously, tempers are going to be super high, and so you never know what can happen. You never know how much the violence can get carried away, and that's the part that that I do understand why people don't like it. But some of it is just comical, man. Some of it, like, like Lowry just sprinting into the hallway. I got, I got the biggest kick out of that. He, he was so ready. He was so ready to go, and, and then, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm on team beef, but I'm also on team. Don't take it to a level where people are seriously in danger. Right. Like I, there's a a, a line. There's a line of. All right, there guys play hard. There's pushing, there's shoving. Get that. That's fine. The nose boop, the Jay Crowder on John Wall, you know, nose boop. That was funny. Like that, that's like there's a line. The, you know, meet me in the hallway or whatever secret tunnel or like that. Just come on, guys. Get over yourselves. First of all, nobody there knows how to. There's like five guys in the NBA who might know how to fight. The rest are that Aflalo punch, which was one of the let's, worst let's, punches I've ever seen. Let's, like that thing. Let's let's do this. If you had to take three guys with you on the Celtics into an opposing team's locker room, who would they be? Three guys. Yeah, from the Celtics. Uh, smart. Uh, Smart's Aaron the Baines. easy choice. Smart's the easy choice. Aaron Baines. Now I, w- I want to say. Marcus Morris, but um, I might go. I might go with uh, Shemi Ojale just for the the combat muscle. But I know Marcus Morris is you know all about that life. I feel like Ojale is a man of God. Like, well, maybe we need if, a peacekeeper. If no, if you try to if you try to recruit Ojale, I feel like Ojale will like sit you down and try to lead you in prayer and convince you not to go in. And by the end of it, you'll be like, y- you won't go in. Whereas if if you're really trying to go in that locker room. You're really trying to go out, knock out Austin Rivers, who everybody seems to hate. By the way, <laughs> the Austin Rivers hatred is—that's another thing that cracks me up. Um, I think you got to go with Marcus Morris. What if what if Ojale uses that religious bend to pull a jewels from Pulp Fiction and quote Bible verses before he whips some ass? I I could I could be on board with that, or like Boondock Saint <laughs> Boondock Saints, where they like. Said a prayer and then shot somebody in the back of the head. I'm I'm cool with it. <laughs> I, I'm not advocating, by the way, for Shemi Ojale to start shooting opposing players in the head. That is not something That's, I'm seriously we, advocating for. Asterisk: Rain and Jays does not condone shooting people in the back of the head. <laughs> uh, okay. The right choice. You're right. The right choice is Marcus Morris. If we're going down and we're throwing down, and we're protecting honor, and we're actually carrying through this stupidity. Then yeah, it's Mark. It's the two Marcuses and Aaron Baines for sheer size. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Celtics they have a deep roster. They have a deep roster of guys that could potentially make waves in 
in a, a secret locker room tunnel fight. <laughs> now, okay, let, let's extend this to the NBA. Who would be your really? three guys? In the entire NBA? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, God damn. I need a minute to think about this. Um, I mean, I could, I could just say the Morris Twins, just to have those two. Um, but see, I would say like Karan Butler's out. He would be an easy choice. Um, I don't know. I need a, I want to, I want like a big dude. I want like a, I feel like David West would be up there for me. David West is a tough, tough and big man. (laughs) He is not someone to mess with. Oh, you know what? You know what I'd take? PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker, he'd be up there. That is a that is another rugged man. Uh, and then you gotta it, you gotta think like the guys like like Nurkic. Nurkic is a wild card. Nurkic Nurkic think, could do yeah, some damage, I feel like. Um I think one of those like Central European guys that just don't know fear. Like the playing in the NBA is such a paradise to them and you know, they come from like former Soviet Union where everything's just gray. Like the food you eat, the stuff you drink, it's all just gray liquid. And they, you know, nothing. You can hit them over the head with a chair and be like, yeah, okay. What else? Yeah. And Steven Adams is up there for me, too. Steven Adams is a tough, tough bastard. I don't think he, yeah. he would necessarily want to fight, but I think if a fight happened, he, he might be like the coolest dude there. Like he just doesn't feel pain. I feel like he and Baines are kind of similar where. They don't seek out anything extracurricular, but if if some shit's going down, like you don't want to mess with those guys. They 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 don't get affected by. It. They're the type of tough guys that like they don't have to scream and yell and flex their muscles. They just stand there and they kind of laugh at you while all the shit is going down. They enjoy that stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that. You know, they're they're probably come from a place where people just got into fights because they were bored just a huge bar fight and everybody just got up at the end and be like Haha, that was a good one all right next round's on me like that type of stuff uh, Ante Zizic yeah. might kill a man with his bare hands too <laughs> you think <laughs> um yeah I can't think of geez I can't think of anybody good I'm just I'm trying to roll through the teams real quick. You've really disappointed me in this conversation. I I, I thought I'd have some help. James Johnson is way up there because he has like I came, I came however many PJ black Tucker. belts. James Johnson has God knows how many black belts, so he can call. Oh, it. I didn't know that. Damn I didn't it. know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, who else is up there? Serge Ibaka has a tough reputation, but no, people always no. throw hands at Serge. Nobody's afraid of Serge. Yeah. No. I'm just trying to think. Like I'm, I'm going through the teams. There's not a lot of tough guys. There's not a lot of guys on on any teams. This is why it's so many. I have so many problems. I'm just going through all of the rosters in my head. I'm just scanning. Like I've got a map in my head. I'm like, L.A. Nobody in L.A. Who in L.A. Tony would Allen would be up there. Yeah, he's crazy, but I don't know that he knows how to fight. Did Did you ever read the story about his fight with? Um... OJ Mayo. I did not. I remember okay. they had I'm going, something. I'm like going to find that, and I'm going to read <laughs> the part okay. of 
the the description of the fight because Wait, what about you will what about change like your Zach mind. Zach Randolph. Speaking of former Grizzlies, yeah, Zach Randolph. Zach Randolph seems like a guy that you probably. Yeah, when you're telling Demarcus Cousins in my hood, bullies get bullied. You're, yeah, you're definitely Zach on the short on list, list of guys. He's on that list. Um, I feel like I feel like some of the older guys for sure would be on that list because it goes, it starts to get into the you don't fight your father. Because I can speak from experience that as you get older, you realize I got to get dirty. I there's I you the instinct to survive kicks in a lot sooner yeah. when you're older and you're in a fight like when you're younger you feel I, like I haven't been like, in a fight since college some sugar rate shit. I haven't been in a fight since college back when I thought I was a tough guy so I've never I've never been in a fight I've I punched one person once when I was a child like when I was nine <laughs> I punched somebody in the gut because I was mad and I, that's it no one uh I used to be a bouncer um when I was in college I was bouncing in Providence for a little bit. And uh, so I got in the middle of some fights and I took an elbow to the jaw, but I stood my ground, by the way. It didn't go down. Um, uh, Yeah. And then my favorite, my favorite bouncer story was when uh, I was working at this club. What was it? Shooters. If anybody remembers the old shooters in Providence, uh, which was right on the water, and so they had a pool, like docks, and then a club upstairs. And so people could just show up all day and be drinking. And there was one guy that we kicked out twice. You know, just he was drunk, like super, super drunk. We're like, okay, dude, you got you got to go. Like, you can't be in here this drunk. And then he showed up again. We're like, all right, you can't do this. You, you got to go. And then I'm sitting there. I remember talking to a waitress. And out of my peripheral, I see this guy. Come back in. Got to respect the, the persistence. Yeah. Uh, yes. So as I was in the middle of a sentence with the with the waitress, I reached out and I grabbed the guy by the collar. And as I kicked him out, I made sure that he bumped into every pole along the way, and then kind of <laughs> forcefully threw him out. And I was like, "Don't come back." Like, it was the last we saw of him. But he he didn't have a very smooth exit that last time. But uh, so that that's your fight story. I, that's no, it's not my fight story. It's my bouncer story. Okay. I, like I said, I preface this entire thing by saying I've never been in an actual fight. Yeah. I, I was a, I was a fighter for a short period of my life. People and, don't want to fight me though. Yeah. You, yeah. You, I, see, I'm a guy like you can look at me and think you can fight me, but you're, you're, you're too big for that shit. Anyway, let's get to the, the Tony Allen <laughs> OJ Mayo yeah. story. Okay. Did we this, stall enough for you to find the story? Yes, this is from ESPN. Okay, uh, Chris Broussard wrote this once upon a time. Allen, regarded as one of the toughest guys in the league, tried to avoid a confrontation, but Mayo trash-talked Allen for roughly 15 minutes, criticizing his game, bragging about how he was a better basketball player than Allen, about how he was a lottery pick. Allen was especially bothered by Mayo's chatter because they have a friendly relationship. Zach Randolph tried to play peacemaker, telling Mayo to stop ribbing Allen, but to no avail. Finally, Allen had enough and struck Mayo in the face. He then landed a succession of blows to Mayo's eye, mouth, shoulder, and the side of his head. Mayo was (laughs) able to get off a swing, but Allen ducked to avoid it and then clocked Mayo once more for good measure. This This is how an ESPN story was concluded. 
as Apollo Creed said to the young upstart Rocky Balboa, ain't going to be no rematch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'd never heard that. That was funny. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. Probably the best news story ever written. That's that's fantastic. I can't imagine being a writer – Getting that information going like, oh, baby, can't wait to write these words. This is good shit. Uh, All right. So after hearing that story, Tony Allen is definitely on the short list to go fight in a secret tunnel. Uh, So him, Zach Randolph, the Morris twins, PJ Tucker, uh, you said James Johnson. uh, Kyle Lowry is as tough as it gets. Marcus Smart's as tough as it gets. There are a lot of guys that are super tough that – you yeah. might not take because of size, but those guys those guys are as tough we, as it gets. We sit there and we say because of size, because they're small in the NBA, but they're all like 6'1", 6'2", 6'3". They're not small. Yeah, and Smart's <laughs> like 6'3", 230 or whatever he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sit there and say, oh, he's too small. These dudes, these small dudes are like bigger than the average person. Everybody here is above average uh, height, so they're – uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't discri- discriminate against the guards because the guards are all still big in a general human sense. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was fun. Uh, I still think it's all stupid though. I think you guys take it themselves a little too seriously, and nobody's actually fighting. Uh, all right, uh, let's finish this off by talking about another dumb thing. Yes. Just wrap this up. Let's just wrap up this Paul Pierce stuff. Can we please just wrap it up? Because it came out again. Like, this should be it. This should be it. Isaiah Thomas is not getting the goddamn video. People are losing their minds. And what bugs me the most about all of this goddamn lunacy is that Paul Pierce was put in a position where he had to sit there and be like, no, it's my day. I just want it to be my day. And I know how it sounds. I know it sounds. People are sitting there like, oh, you're being so selfish and petty. Like, he gets to be. On this one day, he gets to be. He gets to be the guy who says, you know what? My jersey's going up there. My number is going up there. It gets to be my night. And the Celtics are the ones who screwed up by telling Isaiah, oh, yeah, sure. You don't have to do it on that night. Oh, your family can't make it. We'll do it another night. We'll do it the next time. Like, no. Celtics would be like, hey, Isaiah, we're giving you a video. This is going to be nice. They shouldn't. They didn't even have to tell him that. Just play the fucking video and just say, here you go. Thank you, Isaiah. Here's two minutes during a timeout of all your highlights. Thank you for accelerating our rebuild. Thank you for making things exciting. Thank you for all of this stuff and being so valuable that we're able to trade you and get all this other stuff. Like, thank you. Great. Done. Wipe your hands of it. We're through. But instead, they had to sit there and feel bad about trading him and say, all right, fine, we'll do it the next night. And they're like, oh, damn, the next night's Paul Pierce night. And now Pierce has to come out and be like, uh, I'd rather not. I'd rather have like my night be my night. And I completely say he that's well within his rights. Paul Pierce could be well within his rights because his fucking night he worked his whole career. Like this, this is the dream of all dreams to get your number retired. You know, you're going into the hall of fame. Like this is it. And to have people come on, ask him the question, be like, Oh, how do you feel about Isaiah putting a, a tribute video on, on your night? Be like, I'd rather not. I don't like that. 
I, I just think the Celtics screwed up and they put Paul Pierce in a position to sound bad. And I know, I know that he sounds bad, but the Celtics should have never put him in a position to have to say these things and to continue to say these things and have his teammates, former teammates have to say these things and have it blow up to something that has gotten so fucking annoying that it continues to permeate the discussion. I respect slash and rant. I respect the Paul Pierce's former teammates for coming out as as violently as they did, not violently, but as as forcefully as they did. But they took it way too far. Like Rondo took it too far. Rondo took it too far. Yeah, Rondo took it too far. Um, like Isaiah deserves one too. Sure, he didn't he didn't win a championship, but he did more than a lot of guys who have seen video tributes in the past. That's just a fact. He dragged the Celtics through a lot. He deserves a video tribute, just not on Paul Pierce's night if Paul Pierce doesn't want it on that night. So I, I think you're right. It's the Celtics who screwed up this whole damn thing and kind of made Isaiah and Paul Pierce look bad. And a lot of fans, like, <laughs> fans got into this more than anything. I, 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 I am very happy that Isaiah came out and said he didn't doesn't want a video tribute anymore. And that we can just be dumb, done with this stupid, stupid story. But, Very stupid. But also, I, I appreciated Jalen Jalen Rose calling Paul Pierce petty to his face. <laughs> that, that was that was hilarious because I I do think Paul Pierce is a little petty, and I do think it's totally cool. I, I'm not mad at him for being petty in this situation. I understand why he's petty. I understand why he doesn't want to share his Jersey retirement night. Literally, the like. The last night he'll get to be honored, and a night he's honored for 15 years with the Celtics, a ridiculously long and, and productive career. So I understand why he's petty, but he also was a little petty with this one. <laughs> and, and I just think the way everybody handled it was just just really bad, really bad. Um, it was. like It could have been done with a simple phone call. And Isaiah, I'm sure Isaiah is reasonable enough to realize, like, if Paul Pierce doesn't want me, I understand. I can understand that. So this all could have been avoided. But it didn't, and now it's over. And <laughs> thankfully it's over. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully it's, it's over. over. Oh, God. Like, it's just, it, the, the, really the most annoying part is that people are, like, choosing sides. And, like, that's... Like Paul Pierce did so much for this team, and I love Paul Pierce's career. I love Paul Pierce's career more than I love maybe any Celtics career. Not necessarily the performance, but just how it became the the entire story. Like I feel like a lot of the like Larry Bird and Havlicek and Bill Russell, obviously the legends, and they had stellar, amazing storybook careers, but. Paul Pierce's was so unique and different from theirs. And it really felt like a character developing. And we got the LA kid drafted by the team that he hated growing up and learning to love the city and going through a rough patch and almost getting traded. And that dumb bandage thing that he put around his head after the losing to the Pacers and the, reconciliation with Doc Rivers and saying, all right, I'm buying in. So you have this whole arc of falling in love with the team that he hated and then buying into the, this 
organization that he was on the verge of leaving and then at the tail end of his time in Boston, taking a little step back and being the, the star who sacrificed and set an example as KG came in and kind of created KG's sort of team. And, and then just culminating with the championship and him on top of that looked like a card table that 10 people had to hold so he wouldn't fall off while he held that MVP, the finals MVP trophy over his head. That felt like a well-written story about a character coming to a conclusion. And this is it. Like I love the entire arc of Paul Pierce's career and what really drives me completely insane. And why I had that rant in the first place is that somehow that has taken a back seat to a stupid tribute video, which I agree. I I'm all for the video and I was all for it. If Paul Pierce was cool with it, I was fine with it on him on that night, but he's not. So it's fine. But I just, the, the fact that anything is taking away from either guy, I've also been a big Isaiah Thomas guy. I fully acknowledge the amazing things that he did for this, this team in such a short time. Like neither guy should have, what they gave individually to this team, neither guy should have that diminished. And both have suddenly had that diminish in one fell swoop because the Celtics made a mistake and didn't play that stupid video on one night. And now there's slander on both sides. And that that is what drives me nuts because neither guy deserves that slander. Both guys deserve the appropriate honor. Paul Pierce's number going up is appropriate. A little tribute video saying thank you, Isaiah, is appropriate. Both guys, both guys deserve it. We should appreciate what they've done appropriately. And that's all this should have ever ever been. And the fact that it's not drives me nuts. Wow. We've been talking on this podcast. Isaiah Thomas liked on Instagram the video of Jalen Rose calling Paul Pierce petty. So, I know. I saw that. So we've got everyone getting petty. Let's... Let's let's let your rant stand though. Let's let's let that be the end. We're gonna we're gonna leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. I'm glad I got that off my chest. This was half podcast, half therapy session. So thanks for uh, listening to Locked On Psychotherapy. Uh, <laughs> please please subscribe again. Search Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow after the Celtics take on the Sixers again. Feels like the eighth time this season. Uh, and we'll see who plays. Kyrie, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Marcus Smart, maybe, maybe not. Yabuselli, probably not because he wasn't going to play anyway. Whatever. We'll see how it goes. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast. Now. Yeah. Jay King and John Corrales. Locked on Celtics. Millie's. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday... 
We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.